How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, your workload, your relationships, to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. Another edition of the Metrospective, Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton. Tim, how are you? Hanging in there, Pete. My, my fiance told me the other day that I have a distinct podcast voice. And so now I'm extremely self-conscious about how I sound on this. That's not a great way to start, especially for someone who, who masters in uh, finding ways to mimic people and, and find those little ticks as we're joined by uh, the terrific comedian, uh, character actor, and Mets fan, Hank Azaria, with us uh, today. Uh, Hank, how are you holding up? Everything all right? Yeah, we were just saying here before we started, hanging in there. You know, I'm up in Westchester. I'm definitely one of the lucky ones, right? Uh, but, you know, it is challenging. Uh, having absolutely no distraction and wondering uh, when uh, this is all going to end, you know, but hey, we're doing good. We're doing good. Family's okay. Yeah. That's good to hear. What is it like for a comedian being in quarantine with your family? You can't, well, maybe you can't perform a little bit over zoom and things like this. Is it, um, you know, more challenging? You driving to fam nuts. What is it like? Yeah, I mean, all of the above, uh, creating a lot more social media content, you know, silly and otherwise, making the family laugh, but also really annoying, like enough, dad, enough with that voice. Got it. Um, my wife in particular, <laughs> there comes a, a point in marriage. How long have you been married? Me, two years. Okay, so you haven't hit this point yet, I don't think. Because a point in marriage where, I don't know if you make dumb jokes a lot, but your wife, you know, at first finds you real funny. You probably wouldn't be together. And then it's kind of an eye roll, a loving eye roll, you know, at the, at the jokes, the dad jokes, the husband jokes. Exactly. Then sort of a not so loving eye roll. <laughs> and then the worst of all, non-registration, just like as <laughs> if you didn't even say anything. You just make, you commit to some dumb joke and it's as if nothing occurred. We're getting so, there you know, rapidly we, during this time. <laughs> yeah, this time will, this will accelerate that process for sure. Yeah, Hank, I'm wondering, you guys were doing kind of the, the promotion for Brockmire right as everything kind of fell apart for you. What, what was promoting that last season like compared to the normal promotional schedule for you? It's a lot more Zooming. Um, in some ways easier, right? I mean, like, that was it. That was industry standard. You just kind of, I'd sit right where I'm sitting now and uh, Zoom out the interviews. So, and you know, like here, like I'll show you, I got a, they sent this, this microphone, so really expensive mic they sent from the Simpsons. And now I record from home, which is kind of a dream come true uh, in a way. Um, but uh, so it, in many ways, it was a lot easier. I didn't have to schlep places. And, um, but, you know, and also uh, with everybody um, stuck in and looking to binge things, it's been, uh, uh, it's been easier to get the word out about checking the show out, checking Brock Meyer out on Hulu. Because most people haven't seen it. So seasons one through three available on Hulu. Take the Brock Meyer challenge, folks. 
if you watch episode one, season one, first five minutes, if you don't laugh, you can out loud, you can stop laughing. <laughs> That's what I got. I'm very uncomfortable selling myself and my shows like that, but the show really is so good. I'm so proud of it that I, I, I do want to make people aware. Oh, it's hilarious. And, and obviously there's a lot of promotion that first season, but there's a, a whole character arc that was part of that show, not just the right the, the raunchy jokes of season one. Yeah, we started, I was really happy uh, that we were able to be, if you make a comedy, you really only want to be funny, you know. You want to be as smart as you can be, but I'll take funny. Uh, and then, uh, then yeah, we kept moving on from that and telling a story and kind of getting deeper and deeper with this guy. And I think the remaining funny, although we got super dark in some moments over the four years, um, but uh, it was, you know, it really, it, it went kind of beyond my wildest dreams of, of it turned into a very dramatic role as well, which was a surprise. And you were able, I read you had an ad lib and got the Mets in there as part of the, oh, yeah. the series finale as uh, you're part of this Mets podcast right now. Well, the line was written, it's like 12 years in the future. And he's talking to a buddy of his, he's a billionaire. And he says to him, oh man, you should buy the Mets. Then we can hang out all the time because he's in New York. So I added, uh, you should buy the Mets, somebody better. Those people have suffered for long enough. <laughs> um, and uh, assuming that we're in a future where the Wilpons still own the Mets, <laughs> which I hope isn't true. <laughs> you're, you're one of many comedians who are Mets fans. So uh, I'm, I'm wondering kind of, why do you think there is this intrinsic connection between comedy and the Mets in the industry? Well, uh, if you're not funny to begin with, you'll develop a sense of humor being a Mets fan. That's first of all. Second of all, the, 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 I mean, you know, if comedy is born out of suffering, what better way, what better uh, venue, what better delivery system than the following the New York Mets? Because uh, there's just a lot of, you know, and being, you know, the annoying, obnoxious little brother to the Yankees, that's not easy. Um, the way Jim Brockmeyer puts it, fellows, is the Mets are the Yankees of not being the Yankees. <laughs> so <laughs> you either laugh or cry at the Mets. It's true. I mean, let's just admit it. You know, it's hard to be neutral about the Mets. So you grew up with, what, the 70s Mets? There was like your teams, the Kingman teams, Kingman era? Yeah, Dave Kong, definitely. 1970 was the first year I was aware of sports. Unfortunately, I missed the 69 Mets and, and Jets. I was only five. So, but 1970, you still had, you know, and next, you still had some uh, really great adventures in the 70s. Not so much with the Jets, but the Mets uh, in 1773, and they were very lovable teams as well back then. Um, and then we had the drought to Lady Six, and now we're revisiting that drought. What was your experience in uh, in 86? Because you moved out to L.A. in around that time. So you were probably in L.A. for Mets-Dodgers in 88, that NLCS. So you know, I, that's a time where you're, I'm sure, so focused on your career that maybe the Mets go take a back seat at that time. But what, what do you remember being out there and trying to follow things? Yeah, in 80, I had just moved to L.A. in 86. I was 22. And I couldn't believe that I, I, I was, you know, living in L.A. and the Mets are actually in the World Series. But I was still excited. And, back, you know, back then, kids, um, you didn't have you could not really follow your team from a distance like that. There was no way to do it. Uh, there wasn't even much satellite. So you looked at box scores, literally box scores. You couldn't even get a hold of like the news, the Daily News, of the New York Post. I mean, it wasn't really a way to do that. Um, 
So, but, you know, obviously those national games, those playoff games and World Series games were televised. And I remember sitting there watching on my sister's TV in that game six going, well, was that Red Sox, they've had even a bigger drought than we have. I'm kind of happy for them. That was in 86. And then, you know, that ball went through Buckner's legs and the rest is history. And then, yeah, um, it was uh, it was hard to follow. And then I did, you're right, I did get very into my career. And a lot, it was, the Mets were an easy, it was easy to skip the Mets in the 90s, let's put it that way. That's true. And I went ahead and did that, yeah. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like those 70s Mets, I guess, where maybe you think back on it positively because, you know, when you're a kid, those are the guys like Todd Hundley, one of the, the big Mets that, yeah. that I would remember, even though, you know, those aren't exactly the, the memorable ones in the, the large history of the franchise. Yeah. Well, you know, by the second half of the 70s, yeah, the Mets had faded, but those Yankees were unbelievable. That was the, that golden age of the Bronx Zoo Yankees. And I, I, didn't, I didn't understand yet that uh, you had to pick Mets or Yankees. I mean, I was a Mets fan. I, I didn't discover how much I was a Mets fan really until the 2000 Subway Series. In particular, when when uh, Clemens threw the bat at Piazza, that's when I officially started hating the Yankees. But I, I, I joyfully in the '70s really enjoyed those Reggie Jackson, Billy Martin, insane Yankees. I mean, that was fun. Do you wish Piazza popped Clemens after that? Something a little <laughs> bit more than what there was. I mean, yeah, as Mike was a pretty calm, yeah. almost surfer dude kind of guy. It's not his mo to. But I wouldn't mind him charging them out. Although Clemens had to be a scary freaking sight. I don't know what he was on in that moment besides steroids, but geez. They they say he used to put Icy Hot. I think Buster only had this in his book. He used to put Icy Hot on his testicles before a game, and he starts snorting like a bull. This is what Roger Clemens would do to ready himself for big postseason games. Sounds about right. I I just feel bad for whatever trainer had to apply it. (laughs) Seriously. There are certain times when you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible. So that's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you could cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Mets for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Mets for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And we thank you for supporting our sponsors. Uh, and we're talking again with uh, Hank Azaria right now. So I, I had an idea, and we can uh, float it out, but obviously it's kind of a, you know odd time for everybody, and you're a terrific character actor. We asked some characters that you play maybe – how, how their lives are, are adjusting right now. So maybe we'll start 
with Jim. You can try. I make no promises here. <laughs> make no because pro- there's a very good chance these could suck. Because there's a reason why I work with writers. Well, that's fine. We we just love the voices. So you know, that's sure, you might it. have to just enjoy the voice part. Of it. <laughs> well, yeah. let's start with Jim Brockmeyer. Maybe like right. season one, Jim Brockmeyer, and and so how how are drunk, you? Young Stone, Jim <laughs> Brockmeyer. There you yeah. go. Uh, how are you holding up without baseball, Jim? Not well. Uh, you know, mostly I just wander the house, uh, figuring out what I can and cannot use as toilet paper. That's basically what I do. And that'll fill up uh, an afternoon or a morning. Um, and, you know, I just, uh, I can't believe that, you know, that we're in a time that there's no baseball. I mean, baseball was born out of a time where the most, there was nothing to do except watch a baseball game. Those three and a half hours, they flew by when your only choices were, you know, getting polio or <laughs> watching a flower grow. I mean, baseball was positively dynamic. It could have a tremendous resurgence now, but it's ironic. Dr. Nick, what are you recommending for your patients these days? Uh, Hydrochloroquine nine and uh, a steady diet of Clysoclydrohydroqualitine and uh, and lies denial <laughs> lies denial and hydrochloroquine what say you to that professor frank well of course my colleague my esteemed colleague dr nick is uh is quite ridiculous uh, what you do gentlemen is you pay attention to the science and you and you nerd out to a favorite uh, sci-fi movie good or bad uh, my favorite good sci-fi movie of course would be the blade runner and uh my fa- my my favorite bad sci-fi movie would be uh, that uh, nonsense with Sean Connery. What was that? Uh, Outland or, or the one where he's uh, no Zardoz? That's it. Zardoz. He's got he all runs around in his underwear with a strange mustache. I enjoy that. Mo, what are you up to without the tavern right now? Well, who says I don't got the tavern? I don't leave the tavern. I'm stuck in the tavern. I wish I didn't have the tavern. Actually, you know what happened last week, and I'm proud and happy to announce this. I married the tavern. That's right. Me and the tavern are legally married. My lawful, my lawful wife there, the tavern. And then we're all looking for sports that, that we could play safely. Patches O'Houlihan, is dodgeball safe during a pandemic? Well, the wonderful thing about dodgeball, my friend, is it is never safe. There is no time when an object hurled at, at your head at top speed is safe. But it does weed out the nerds and geeks and losers, doesn't it? <laughs> That's amazing, Hank. Thank you. Thank you for playing along. Sure, I did better than I See, thought. You don't I need did. writers. You're good. Yeah, no, I did all right there. Yeah, I did all right. Well, you, yeah. you were saying before that uh, you had a microphone that The Simpsons sent you. Are you guys able to do new episodes remotely? Like, how, What is the work process for The Simpsons right now versus maybe what it ordinarily is? Look, I consider myself the luckiest man in show business, or maybe in the world, uh, because of my Simpsons job. It's lasted 30, uh, my, my microphone is it refuses to be wrangled, <laughs> pardon me. Um, uh, 32 years, and you know, it con- the luck continues in that, yeah, we, most shows have shut down. You can't shoot anything in person. Even uh, most animated shows uh, have not felt comfortable going forward, but, but uh, the Simpsons have worked out how everybody do it remotely. In fact, I just found out this week, they've been, all our producers have been getting calls from like every animated show in town, like, how are you guys doing this? And uh, 
you know, I know that we're fortunate. The Simpsons, uh, you know, it's been on a long time. They have a lot of money. They sent everybody a lot of expensive equipment. So we could, and then they, we had like this two-hour tutorial on how to install it all, and and we become our own like sound techs. But um, so yeah, you know, and the sound I, I hear, it's pretty good. Is it more difficult to work off of other characters? Like, I guess I don't know much about the process myself. Are you not in the same room necessarily, but are you able to play off of, uh, you know, some of the, the, the other voice actors on the show or is it all done kind of separately anyway, where that separation doesn't necessarily matter for recording a scene? The latter. I mean, you do it both ways. They prefer it, the Simpsons for us all to be together, but I haven't done it that way. I moved to New York six years ago. They're all in LA. And even before then, I kind of prefer doing it um, on my own because, um, uh, I can just come, they can really just, I can give them many more choices in a shorter amount of time. I like to kind of try different readings and different things in the recording. So it's easier if I'm just doing it on my own. And, and occasionally it's nice to have interaction and then we'll have us hook up, you know, and record it together. But no, it, this is, uh, it works just fine. This way. Most animation records everybody separately. Okay. So you're, you're kind of already pretty well built for, recording in this manner you're just more responsible for it doing it at your house and soundproofing the room and i'm sure a lot of the technical aspects that you're talking about yeah just ask my wife i'm going to be running around the house doing voices anyway so we <laughs> might as well record it and make a buck off it there you go and, and uh, to bring it around back around to, to baseball um you are involved with dream uh formerly oh, yes. harlem rbi you are on yes. the the board of directors with the, the commissioner of major league baseball rob manfred yeah. i saw mark Teixeira's name on there as well how did you yeah. get involved in that why is that something that uh you decided to utilize your time on education has for the last like i'd say 20 years been what i've uh been most passionate about advocating and donating my time and money to so you know when you look around or when I looked around for what to, where to, um, to throw myself in and be of service, uh, you know, first of all, I was somebody who was lucky enough to have a great education. And I realized that I had really taken it for granted until I got older and realized how fortunate I was. And I got so moved by kids who don't, don't necessarily, aren't necessarily get a good education, who valued it, you know, and really wanted it. So, uh, you know, helping them seemed like a, a great thing to do. And I also feel like it's the one thing we can do, you know, that isn't maybe not a Band-Aid solution, but once problems become, when if you can help people when they're young, it's just so exponential, you know, how, how genuinely impactful that can be. And uh, so, um, and it's fun to be around kids and young people. So I did that in LA for a long time, moved to New York. And then I looked around to where to do it in New York and found out about Dream Foundation. And then it, I didn't even know it had this kind of tie to baseball. So it was a natural for me, given how big a baseball fan I am. And, and we were getting set, the gala, this this supposed to be next month was canceled to raise a lot of money. I was gonna do an appearance at Jim Brockmeyer and Tashera and I were gonna sort of run the, the auction. It's gonna be fun, but next year we'll, we'll do it. Now that Brockmire is wrapped, are you still going to be making appearances as Jim? Are you still going to have that uh, that in your bag of tricks? Well, uh, we're putting together uh, hopefully a podcast, which I hope we get going, like a half hour weekly thing where we do some sports topics and takes and uh, have different guests in and uh, 
basically an excuse for me to mercilessly make fun of everybody and everything. And rip so Joe Buck. Sort of, and rip Joe Buck, of course. <laughs> There'll be a very special Joe Buck episode where we, uh, where we have a tremendous fight, I'm sure. <laughs> what have you? There's one more on. What have you learned about Joe Buck? I mean, sometimes he gets a bad rap among sports fans, but you get the opportunity to to work with him. He's your your foil as uh, Jim Brockmeyer. What uh, what did you take away from maybe what you thought of him going in and and now? Well, I, I, first of all, I always loved Joe Buck. I don't understand the Joe Buck, uh, uh, the crap he gets. I, I don't. I, here's my theory. I think Joe Buck is so good at what he does that everybody wishes so bad. And baseball is such a regional sport. Everybody wants them to be, they want him to be your hometown sports announcer. So when he does anything less than homers for your team, it's like, oh, he hates our team. And they get angry at him. I don't get it, you know, because he, he's brilliant. Um, and, but who knew what a great actor he is? This is another, please check out Brogmire. If you do, you will not even understand how good an actor Joe Buck is and how willing he is to make fun of himself. It's pretty great. On IFC and, and coming to Hulu, right, next month. It's on Hulu now. Oh, it's on Hulu it's, now. It's, it's actually done on IFC. Season. You can watch it on the IFC app, I guess. But um, seasons one through three are on Hulu as we speak. Run, don't walk <laughs> to your, your television set. And, um, and then uh, season four will drop on Hulu, I think, June 16th. There we so, go. Yeah. The great uh, I- ideal for binging during this this great global pandemic. It's perfect. You need a laugh uh, and a, a well written show all the way around. Uh, Brock <laughs> Meyer will do the trick. So uh, be sure to to check it out. And, and the great Hank Azaria. Uh, we appreciate you giving us some time talking some baseball with you. And if I could just hit you with uh, one more, what does uh, comic book guy say of this episode of the Metrospective? Worst episode. Every, I mean, how, what else could he possibly? Even when he loves it, that's what he says. I mean, and yeah, shout out, much respect for the Hartford Whalers hat, by the way. Thank you. I, I apologize for my internet issues. I did have questions, but it just I, I didn't want to to interrupt in the middle as I was freezing in and out. So you just didn't want me to listen to your voice too much, so I'd work up an impression of it after your after your fiance has made you so self conscious. <laughs> I know. I, I believe me. That's. <laughs> I'm, n- I'm never talking to her again well, that's, that's it it's, we're, we're done <laughs> thank you so much Hank that was great thank you my pleasure thank you guys thanks